<laughs> so uh, Emily Wellnitz, I always say Emily Bartlett, and that's wrong. That's Emily right. Wellnitz <laughs> and I, my daughter, are glad to be with you today. And this is the third week of a series called Friends and Family. And uh, we're delighted to uh, be here. And we hope that no matter where you are in family, that uh, God has something to whisper to you today. And I just want to say uh, a word about this January series that's always focused on family. When you have a church whose mission statement is um, helping next generations encounter and follow Jesus to bless a broken world, doesn't it make absolute sense to take January and do it on family? Because where else do young people get more encouraged to encounter and follow Jesus than in their families. So I'm I'm just excited about this. Emmy, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Sure. Um, It's good to be here. So Emily Wellnitz, I'm actually on staff and kids ministry here at Orchard. Um, Most Sunday mornings, you can see me in the atrium, checking in families, or down in the pre-K hallway. Um, I also this year have just started leading our Moms Morning Out group on Wednesday mornings, which um, is where we talk about family and faith and how that connects, which is how he got me on the stage today, yes. um, because he knows how passionate I am about strong families. Yeah, yeah, you so. definitely are. So um, the whole series for the whole month comes out of John chapter 15. And John chapter 15, verse 9 says this. Jesus is speaking, he's speaking to his disciples, and he says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, now you go and remain in my love. So what Jesus is saying there is, I think, friendship begins with God. If you want to know how the world is supposed to work, then you look at how God works, and the Trinity of God is this friendship of three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I think Jesus says to his disciples, Hey, You and I are friends. Now you be friends together. And um, what you and I are... So let's talk about this, Emmy. How did your friendship and my friendship work? Yeah, we wanted to start with that since we're on stage together and it's been a big part of us. Um, And we know Alice sort of talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, making that transition into adult friendships. Yes. Um, And so for us, it really started a bit in high school, but mostly in college. I was at UNI, and I remember I bet my brother Ben $10 that I would run every day from the beginning of the semester until Thanksgiving. And somewhere in there, because you were a runner, and then I started to run, we started to run together from time to time. And that sort of became the thing that connected us. We would run and talk when I would be able to. Yes, right. You weren't always able to, but when we could, (laughs) we would do that. Um, And that was the thing that connected us. And I think that's a key thing, moving into adult relationships, is finding something that can connect you. So for us, it was running. For my mom, it was food and laundry. Um, And so find that thing that can connect you. And then the other thing that I think you did so well that Alice talked about was in that transition from being the parental authority and then changing to um, this friendship piece is you stopped advising you stopped telling me what you thought and giving me your, your opinions. And it more changed to listening, encouragement, talking about what I was talking about, but otherwise letting me live my life, how I was, the good and the bad, the things you agreed with. And here's what else I thought about. Even today, as a parent, you do that for me. You don't tell me what you think. You encourage, you listen, and that's so important. And if you ever want to know what I think, you can always I can ask, ask me. You. 
Every once in a while, I ask. But, but expect from like teenage years to college, there's going to be like a 10-year gap. Yeah, we're not going to ask you much yes. for 10 years. Yeah. Um, and so, and I think that's got to be hard. Like now as a mom, my oldest is going to be out of the house in six years. And I think that's got to be so hard. And so um, I know that's a piece of it. Yeah. But. So it's hard to leave your opinion at the door when you're raising ch- adult children. Yeah. And um, so it's harder for some of you than others. And I would just say um, the importance of that as your kid grows. And uh, now we're, yep. So um, there's so many important things. And one thing you might not have seen, Em, is that your mom and me had as a goal, a long-term goal in raising you and your brothers to be adult friends with you. And so if you have that goal, then you have to back off of that and figure out what freedoms do I want to give you when you're in eighth grade and what freedoms in ninth grade and all that. Right. Um, We're going to move to a different focus, though, in friends and family. We're going to move to friendship in marriage. And we consider that so important. And uh, so that's really the topic we've been giving. Right, of the morning. Um, So friendship in marriage is super important. We talk a lot in the church about commitment and how important commitment and love are in a marriage because that keeps the marriage going through the ups and downs. It helps the marriage survive all of what life brings at you. But it's this friendship piece that helps the marriage thrive. And so um, this friendship piece we're talking about is um, where you enjoy spending time together. You laugh together. You feel connected. You're on the same page. You just feel good about being together. So that's the piece we're talking about today. Um, And as we talk about that, I thought it might be nice for you to know a little bit about us in that area. So for myself, I've been married for 15 years. Um, We have three kids. Um, We've lived in five different houses in two different cities. Um, we've made it through the younger kid years, and now we're in the middle kid years. In fact, my middle kids are all sitting over there right now. Um, we've been through some really great, amazing times in our marriage, and we've also been through some really difficult times. Um, later on in our talk, I'm going to talk about the accident that, um, that took the lives of my brother Ben, my niece um, Bailey, and my nephew Charlie. And so that has been something that has impacted our marriage Um, during that time. So 15 years, um, I've learned some stuff, not as much as your, what, 47? 47 years, yes. And one of the things about our 47 years is I've had to relearn and relearn and relearn and relearn and relearn, because I'm like some of these guys out here. They need to keep relearning the same lessons. Uh, We have to do that. I remember recently I was with your mother and Lynn, she's here, uh, in Colorado, in a cabin, and after I went for one of my walks in the mountains, I came back and said, Lynn, I think we should work on our friendship. And she's quiet for a minute. I think we should work on our marriage. marriage. And she's quiet for a minute. She looks at me and goes, Dave, we don't need to work on our marriage. Our marriage is fine. Our friendship sucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a clarifier, and that's why the teaching team put me up here, because I'm so terrible at this part. Um, yes. Uh, we're not saying that building friendship within your family is easy. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Jesus says, now back to John 15, yeah. he says friendship has a high cost. And this is how he says it. We have a slide on this. Greater love has no one but this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, we want to talk about the cost that it takes to have a strong friendship. Um, you don't drift into friendship in life. Um, And you don't drift into friendship in your marriage. It takes intentionality. And we want to start with talking about the time it takes. Like, 
we are busy people and um, to, to carve out intentional time in your marriage is a cost, but it's well worth it. And so we were, as we were talking about the different kinds of time, um, the first kind of time I think is important is that day-to-day time you spend together. Um, for my husband and I, it's often after the kids go to bed, we're exhausted and tired. Um, often we don't even talk that much. We're usually watching TV, maybe even on different devices. We're not saying that's what you should do, but that's just reality. <laughs> um, and, and that time for us in the same room at the same time is so important. And if you think about friendship as a friendship meter, low, medium, high in your marriage, I think this day-to-day time with your spouse, whatever it looks like at your most exhausted, is so important. And it sort of keeps you right on track. Yeah, so we're not being prescriptive. We're right. not saying go get two devices no, and we're not. sit on the couch. <laughs> each of you looking at one. But we're saying whatever works for you. Yeah. You know, and if you travel, it might be a video call. Yeah. Um, right. If you're a morning person or, or a night person, it might be different. Right. Who knows? Yeah, but make it daily stuff yeah. together is important. Um, then, um, aside from that, you need to get out your calendars. Um, you do this with your friends. You have coffee dates. You go running together, and you need to do this in your marriages for your friendship to work. Um, and so get out the calendar. Um, I've always been so impressed by, like, parents who have, like, gotten dressed up and gone on a date and gotten the babysitter and that has never worked for us and i was like why not and then i figured out it's my fault mm-hmm. because completely I am, your fault completely, Jason yeah say. he would do it <laughs> but i am not a night person and i'm a homebody and i like cozy clothes so by the time jason gets off work i don't want to go anywhere so he can never get me out of the house so we have found for us our time together is lunches when he's working in town and i'm available we do lunches together and so and that gives us what it gives you is time to talk about stuff that you are too tired and shouldn't talk about at night and then it also gives you time to focus on each other so much of life together as co-parents or even um, in marriages, is like the day-to-day stuff that gets you through. And so to take some time and say, actually, how is your soul doing? Um, and that's what that time gives you. Yeah. And I want to say again, be creative. Yep. If you are night people, I celebrate you. I wish I was like you, but um, fine Yeah, time. stay up late. Yeah, do that. Um, and then the final time, time thing that we thought of was um, taking a vacation every year. Um, Jason and I have done that since our kids were little. We used to leave them behind, and now they're at an age where we can take them with us. And it just is that time. Um, it's sort of a yearly anchor to take your friendship to the next level. And as I was thinking, we used to do that as a family. Yeah, we prioritized it whether we really had the money yeah. or not. We just prioritized right. it. And then now we've continued it yep. every other summer, bringing the whole yes. family together. Because it just solidifies that those, friendship that friendship piece. Yep. Um, so then the question is, what is it for you? Like, as you look back at your marriage, what has really worked for you? And do you need to put something on the calendar? either yearly or a date night or something to bring your friendship back up, you know, to the level you want it to be at. Yeah, probably all three. Yeah. Daily times, yeah. uh, weekly times, yeah. and then an annual focus. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we want to say that that's important. Another cost um, to being married and having a strong friendship is letting your spouse have other friends. Oh, yes. And I, this is something else I was thinking about is when my kids were little and my husband wanted to go for a week away for a weekend with his college friends, it was really hard for me to say yes. But I needed to because that time is so important. Um, my dad and I laugh that if we were our spouse's only friends, we would be friendship failures. For sure. Friendship for sure. failures. Both of our spouses need things from us that we cannot give them. Um, my husband, 
He needs friends who will talk politics with him, who will talk money, insurance, guy things. And I just don't care about that stuff. Yeah, and I think I'm having a deep emotional conversation with my wife, your mom. And then she gets on the phone with her sister. (laughs) And that's a whole other thing. And they can talk for like a long time. I mean, I'm good for like six, seven minutes of deep emotional talking. Yes. Yeah. And so um, what I love about that is if you can free your spouse up to have friends outside of your marriage, it actually makes the friendship meter in your marriage go up um, because it takes the pressure off that you don't have to be everything to your partner. Yeah. Yeah. So isn't that interesting? Being sure they have time and energy for other friends builds your friendship. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. So John 15, back to that. Here's an interesting thing. Uh, friendship means that we share deeply. Jesus said this in John 15:13, "I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I called you friends. For everything, oh my goodness, everything I learned from the Father, mm-hmm. I've shared with you. Um, th- this is uh, so important that uh, we understand deep sharing, like I'm making fun that I can't do it great, yeah. but I still need still to important. do it yeah. in our marriage um, and uh, be grateful for others. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so intentional time together and time with um, other friends is important. Another cost um, to a strong friendship um, comes from these verses in John. Um, and to... For this, it applies to everybody, marriages or not. Any strong friendship this applies to, but it's critical in a marriage. Um, And it comes from these verses in John. And Jesus says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. And beyond that, I lay down my life for my friends and I put you first. So I want you to think about this progression when it comes to Jesus and how he um, is with his friends and then how he calls us to be with friends and especially with people we're married to. And think about it from a power perspective, okay? So I'm going to go back where he says, I no longer call you servants. Think about the servant relationship where there's someone who's in charge, someone who has the power, someone who gets to say what happens and what doesn't happen. They have the power and they use the power. And they use the power. Yeah. But Jesus says, that's not it. He says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends where the power dynamic evens out. But beyond that, he goes so much farther and he says, I love you so much that I lay down my life for you and I put you first. Now I care more about you than I do about myself. The son of God is saying to his disciples, I'm going to serve you. Yeah, man. It's amazing. And that's what he calls us to do. So this concept for friendship and marriage is life changing. If you can learn and put into practice how to put the other person first in line, it's a game changer on the friendship scale. Yes. But it takes humility. It takes throwing your ego out the window and it takes intentionality. Um, So here's the story. Jason and I, my husband and I, got engaged 16 years ago in Chicago. It was like a beautiful, sunny day in November. Um, His parents were there, so we told them, and then we went home and told my parents, and we were on top of the world, top of the world. The very next day, we had our first fight about who had the power in our relationship, and we started having a power struggle about whose church we were going to get married in. 
Okay, fast forward three years from that, we have our first child and just moved into our house in Cedar Rapids. And we have one of the biggest fights of our marriage, and it starts over where to put a lamp in our basement. Have you ever, no, I'm not going to say have you ever, but if you've been married, I know you've been there. Where the argument starts over something little, like where to put a lamp, but the fight is really about who has the power, and who has it, and who should get to use it. So we had a lot to learn about this thing that Jesus teaches about friendship, that it's not about power, it's about putting the other person first in line, and that's what we're called to do in our marriages. Number four. Number four. John 15. Friendship helps people thrive. This is like amazing. Uh, 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 Jesus says it this way. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. The Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love one another. Jesus is saying, because of your friendship with me... You will bear fruit, and it will be good fruit, and it will last forever. And another way to say that is Jesus is saying, as you're a friend with me, you will thrive. Yeah. And now scientific research is incredibly strong on this. If you have deep friendships in your life, you live longer, yeah. you're healthier, um, you make better decisions. Uh, like, like Jeff said, you become kind of like those good yeah. friends. And so uh, this is huge. And so in marriage, it's huge. If you want yeah. to thrive, then you need to um, be in this uh, increasing friendship. Yeah, increasing friendship. Um, I love that. It helps people thrive and bear fruit. But here's a problem that I have in my marriage, and I'm sure some of you have in your marriage. Life is busy. Yes. Like you want to thrive, you want to bear fruit, but how do you do that? Right? And one thing that has hit my husband and I is um, all the stuff that needs to get done every week. And so what we do, and what I know a lot of couples do, is you make lists. And you say, this is your responsibility, this is your responsibility, and we, and we get through life well that way. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever been somewhere in your house, and you stop and see something that is on your spouse's list? It's not on your list. See, I know. It's on your These guys are laughing. list. <laughs> and you say to yourself, I can't believe they haven't done this yet. Why is it would take five minutes? Why isn't it done? And then you walk away grumbling because they didn't get their stuff done. I see a lot of head shaking yeah. here. Like, yeah. yeah. Because what happens when you have this list of responsibilities, which is actually really good and helps you get through life, is you take these responsibilities and you flip them and you turn them into expectations. And now instead of like, thank you for getting that done, it's like I expect you to get that done. And not only do I expect you to get it done, you have to get it done how I think you should do it and the time you should do it or you fail. You owe this to me to get this done. And to me, that sounds a lot like a servant kind of relationship, the exact opposite of what Jesus has called us to. Um, And so go back to that moment when you're frustrated because your spouse hasn't got their stuff done and flip it. What could you do in that moment to love the other person more than yourself, to serve the other person more than yourself? It might be doing it for them. It might be going and finding them and saying thank you for what they have gotten done. There are a bazillion things you could do in that moment to love the other person. Um, And that's what we're called to do. 
Um, Jason and I have learned um, over the years to say thank you a lot. Like we say thank you all the time because that's telling the person you notice what they've done and you're grateful. It's this heart shift from you owe me this to I am grateful that we're a team and doing life together. Yeah, yeah. And um, again, all of this to increase the friendship quotient in our marriages, which are going to incredibly help our families. Yeah, and help us thrive and help us bear fruit and everybody around us do the same. Yep. Um, Okay, we didn't want to end today without talking about what you do with friendship in your marriage when life gets hard. Like marriages have a lot going on and there's a lot that can put stress on your marriage and um, on, on your family. So job, job stress, sick kids, babies, health issues, your parents get older, someone you love dies. Um, and during those times of loss and stress, the friendship piece of marriage can often take a hit. And then the question is, what do you do when that happens? Um, and so something we've learned is that partly you just need to get through it. Yeah, you just need to walk each day step by step through the hardest times. Yeah, do the best you can, but just walk through it. Um, After the accident that I talked about earlier, um, Jason and Mai's marriage commitment was at an all-time high level. Our deep love for each other was deeper than it had ever been, but this friendship piece of our marriage took a huge hit the year following the accident. Um, we had very little emotional, if you've ever been through some of these things, your emotional levels just like, you know, plummet. And you so just don't have it. All of the emotions we had, we gave to other people and to our kids, and we had very little left for each other. Um, I stopped smiling, which I didn't really know until later, but that impacted my husband a lot. Um, we moved to town here, and Jason was struggling with changes at work from that. Um, so it was a hard, hard year on so Yeah, because that's levels. an example of doing something that's right, but very hard, but very hard. during that moment. Yeah. Um, and so the friendship that we had took a hit. And um, a couple things we learned is we learned that everyone deals with stress in different ways and to let each other process how you need to. And then finally, the other thing we learned came a year after the accident. Um, our whole family was headed out to North Carolina um, to have a, to a beach house, and we each were traveling out our own ways. So our family was in our minivan um, driving for two days. Um, so the first day, my kids were in the back, and um, Jason and I had a conversation, probably the hardest, saddest conversation we've ever had Um, but maybe the most important. And we talked about how hard the year was, how we had failed each other. We apologized for the hurt and pain we had caused each other. And at the same time, acknowledged that there was this whole thing that we didn't have anything to do with, but that impacted us and hurt us. And so we sort of drew, drew a line in the sand and said last year was incredibly hard. But we need to find a way back to a strong friendship. We need this in our life. And so at that moment, we turned and we said, we're going to do whatever it takes to find our way back to friendship. And it took intentionality and it took loving the other person more than yourselves. It took time and it took Jesus in that conversation helping us. And it took Jesus in the moments as we sort of clawed our way back to yeah. a strong Yeah, friendship. and it took time. You and said that, time. but it took time. Yep. And so what happened in the front of that van is a spiritual moment. They're driving on the interstate. Their kids are in back. And a spiritual moment happens there where you two are honest with each other, reach out and grab hands. 
And then you look up to God and say, we cannot do this alone. We cannot. And that's a spiritual moment. And not all spiritual moments happen in a worship service. Most of them happen out there in your cars, in your yards, in your living rooms, in your bedrooms. Most of the spiritual moments happen out there. And so that's such an important spiritual moment that you marked and said, with God's help, we're going to rebuild. Because we knew how important our friendship was because it helped us thrive. It's going to help our kids thrive and the community around us thrive. Yeah. And the reason we ended with this is because we know this message that you and I are sharing Mm -hmm. up here is such a hard message for many of you in the seats. We know that we live in a broken world and the world isn't the way you want it to be. Some of you have very sick kids and it's doing the same thing to your marriage that happened to Jason M. Some of you had hoped to be married by this time and God hasn't shown you a spouse. And you hate this message of friendship. Some of you are going through a divorce right now. And this message is killing your heart because you never wanted it. We live in a broken world. And yet, there's this hope that you came for, that there's a God in heaven who's for you and he's with you. And he doesn't solve every problem. I mean, my goodness, you and Jace have problems. Lots of problems. (laughs) I wasn't going to say that. (laughs) That wasn't part of the script. No. (laughs) Lynn and I. You have problems. Yes. That's true. Uh, And right now, they're not those deeply serious ones, but some of these folks have those, and they need to know God is uh, with you. And whether you're in a tough place, and this is the hardest day of your life, or you're you're flowing along really in a happy place, God wants to be with you, and he wants to be for you. And uh, we just hope that you could hear part of this, and that you can leave knowing the good news of the gospel. And not just the pain of this sharing. And uh, uh, some of you have the same kind of pain with kids. Like one of the greatest joys of my life is my friendship with my kids. But not everybody has that. And uh, I want to say one more thing. If you want some more help with family, uh, Alice Shirey and I uh, did something this week for the first time at Orchard. We actually created a conversational podcast And the way it happened was Alice and I were in her office in a very animated conversation (laughs) about uh, stuff in family. And Johnny Rogers was sitting across in his office, and Carla was down the hall in her office, and they could hear us. (laughs) And we were just enthused about what we were doing. And Johnny came over and he said, we need that conversation in a podcast for people to hear. Yes. And once Alice and I got over the shock, we uh, said, okay. And then the next day we went and recorded it. It's on our website. It's with our audio teachings under resources. And if you want to hear more about friendship and family, probably deeper even than we can go up front, um, uh, you're welcome to and encouraged to listen to that podcast while you're driving to work or while you're running on the treadmill or whatever. Okay. Okay. I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Uh, Dear God, thank you so much for the gift of friendship. Thank you for a savior, Jesus, who said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends and I will lay down my life for my friends. Thank you that Jesus went to a cross and laid down his life for our sin, shame, and brokenness. 
Thank you that we can receive that gift. And then, Father, we can take it into our families. And like Emmy was saying, we can uh, lay down our life at that moment when I think my spouse should have done the deal. And we can just lay down our lives and say a word of encouragement or a word of thank you. But, Father, for that, we need help. So please help us. Help us be new people. And, Father, I want to pray for those in the room right now. A friend of mine was in tears a couple weeks ago as she heard this message on friendship. And uh, she had buried a husband 18 months ago. Father, this can be a painful message. And I pray that you would bring uh, peace and comfort for those to whom it's been painful. In Jesus' name, amen.